Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Um, not just for his 
incredibly obvious um, dealings with his cheerleaders. That's bad enough to make it make me want him to the league to force him to sell the team. But then also uh, shady business practices, um, uh, withholding ticket sales from the league um, by misreporting the amount of sales he's had. All these things are building up to not only public not winding, and then there was the whole name change debacle, both of them, um, including the one where he waited 10 years after it was appropriate to change the team name. Um, Every step that Dan Snyder has done with this organization has been bad. It's been bad for the league. It's been bad for the fans. It's been bad for everything. So my guess is behind closed doors, the league came together and said, hey, you need to sell this team. Otherwise, we're going to kick you out of the league and you can play your football with the XFL. You'll have a team because uh, technically the NFL is a just a governing body and each team right. is their own individual businesses. So the league can kick the team out at any point in time. Um, so, and, um, this group, especially with Magic Johnson in it, that's a name, that's a star power, um, along with enough money to back up the, um, the sale team was really big. Yes, Magic Johnson is a NBA star, but it's still star power enough for the league to be really interested in the sale itself. And I don't think Dan Snyder should have a choice long term. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think may give um, Mr. Harris and um, the, the Magic Johnson group, if you will, a leg up, um, if you will, is the vetting process. You know, Josh Harris was a finalist to purchase the Denver Broncos a season ago. Um, and so what, I'm, I'm sure you know this, but typically when, when, when somebody gets submitted, they go through a, a committee hearing and they kind of have to get vetted out. And Mr. Harris passed that. Uh, so if the winning bid is Mr. Harris and, you know, Mitchell Rails and, you know, the Magic Johnson group, if you will, uh, this can be a fast track, if you will, to, to, the, to the eventual sale of this franchise. Um, do you think, you know, you know, Josh Harris and his team gets the gets the gets the team. Do you think Steve Steve A and his brush gets the team, or do you you know obviously you know you know uh, Amazon and you know everybody else is thinking Amazon gets it or whatever gets it be. Um, I mean, did if you were to cut this percentage up into a pie, if you will, what percentage makes you think that one 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 that side gets it over the other? Um, so I don't know the uh, the financials of Mr. Steve A. I know he's a billionaire, but um, that's gonna the league's gonna be a lot more interested in as opposed to the things that we've already talked about. They're gonna be most interested in who has the most financial ability to uh, maintain this football team long term because they they don't want cheap owners in this league. They want owners that are going to invest in their brand invest in a um in a i guess the best way to put it is a um in a competitive football team they don't want people like the old jaguars owners who were paying you know this was before uh mr khan took over the franchise they don't want a team that's just that they're just going to sit there and do the bare minimum in a major market and just rake in, rake in money while not even attempting to stay competitive. That's not good for the league. It's not good for the sales of other, uh, it's not good for the sales when they go on the road. Um, that's going to be the, um, the driving factor, especially in a market like Washington DC, which is huge. So they need to figure out who actually has an interest in 
um, promoting the game of football and not just another um, another financial implement to just siphon money off of. Yeah. So for me, again, I mean, I live here in the Metro D.C. area, and the moment that the proverbial crap hit the fan with what Dan Snyder uh, this past year, everybody was, you know, singing Cool in the Gang celebration because they knew the writing was eventually on the wall. But I've said this on, on this network and, and other affiliates, you know, every time the writing is necessarily on the wall, Dan Snyder tends to Houdini himself out of that because the, 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 the brotherhood and the camaraderie and the backing that he has as being a part of that exclusive ownership group um, has always backed him and has always found a way to, to help him escape. I think, honestly, Greenwood, if, if Mr. Harris and Magic Johnson and company eventually get this team, this can be done by the second owner meeting in May. I, 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 I don't think this is going to be a long, leaky situation for Steve, a., uh, for, 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 for the commanders, especially if they give it to Harris. Now, you know, Steve A. gets it or, you know, somebody, somebody else comes through and, and gets it. I, I think it could be potentially next year. Um, or, or, or a significantly longer period of time to, to get this done. I don't want. I, I don't think the league. I don't think the owners want Dan Snyder to to, to go into training camp and OTAs or whatever case may be as as the actual owner. I think the time is now for them to to, to make a move because at the end of the day, I, I do think that, and we'll we'll get to Lamar Jackson, another quarterback here in a minute, but I think the reason why the commanders have been so stagnant and lethargic with, you know, acquiring free agents and, and, and bringing in people is because they don't know who the hell is cutting the checks <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> like, like it, 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 it's very difficult to say, hey, come play with me, um, come to this franchise, but we don't know who's signing the check at the end of the day. Um and the thing is, like, again, we, 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 we could spend this to Lamar or anybody else, but I think, it's, you know, it's going to be very, very important for the commanders to get that situation and the owners to get that situation handled before I, – I would like to see it done before a draft, but the draft is in, you know, a, a couple weeks, so that, that, won't be, that won't be in play. But I, th- I think by May, next time they meet in May, I think it will be all, all and done with. One can only hope. <laughs> right, 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 right. Call the numbers nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. I am Greenwood and Sarah's in the building. Uh, Greenwood, you wanted to talk about uh, some stuff that you mentioned offline, so I'm gonna let you, you know, throw your stuff on now, and we'll, we'll chop it up and keep it moving. So this is um, so start with some NFL mock draft stuff, if you don't mind, and I know. Uh, covering my drafts is kind of a weird thing to do for people who commentate on sports, but right. these are there are I've, I've followed the NFL draft for um, probably almost twenty years now, and this is the first time that I've seen a few anomalies in the in the NFL draft and mock draft community specifically. And I want to start with B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson mm-hmm. is um, is is by all all respects considered a top 10 as far as talent player in this NFL draft. I have looked, I, I just looked at the most 20 recent, the 20 most recent uh, established NFL mock drafts. Not one of them. Well, actually two of them do agree, but of two, only two of the 10 agree. <laughs> As to where this guy goes, I mean, I've I've seen Walter Football's Walter Shasinski, um put B. John Robinson as high as six to the Detroit Lions. Shane Hallam has him eight to the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> um, NFL.com's um, Chad Ruder has him nine to the <laughs> to the Chicago Bears. 
Um, I've I've seen mock drafts where he's ten to the Philadelphia Eagles, fourteen to the New England Patriots, and and uh, twenty one to the L.A. Chargers, and wow. um, <laughs> you know, twenty seven to the Bills, twenty six to the um, he's all over and twenty six to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, not twenty six to the Cowboys. Yeah, twenty six to the Dallas Cowboys. So it's really bizarre to see a, a guy of this caliber so far all around the map. And there's really two things I want to discuss as far as that's concerned. One, are we are the days over where we see an annual running back in the first round of the NFL draft? And the bigger question in my mind is where do we end up actually seeing B. John Robinson fall? So I'm going to answer the last question first, and then I'm going to circle back and double-click on the first part of your question there. Um, I've, 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 I, like yourself, am, am, am a draft junkie. I look at it. Um, obviously, you know, here in Sports City, we, we, we talk football all year round and other, other you know, affiliates or whatever. We talk football all year round. Um, and the latest mock that I'm currently looking at as we speak, it is 9-16 uh, on, on, on Tuesday, and they have him, this is off ESPN.com, have him going 19th to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Which, for all intents and purposes, is not really a bad landing spot for him. You know, um, you know the the Buccaneers have moved on from from Leonard Fournette. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm not too sure how that team is going to to, to fizzle out, especially um, with you know Baker Mayfield and College Frask being the only two quarterbacks in the room. I, I would assume they will make some significant moves to to, to acquire a better signal caller. Um, but, you know, this is without trades. This is without, you know, them maneuvering to go up in the draft and pick up a, a, a Will Levis or a, anybody like that who I think it should fall but probably won't. Um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I think Anthony Richardson will look great down there in Tampa Bay. You know, again, he played at Florida. But I, I, I digress. Well, we're, we're, we're getting into weed here. But B. John Robinson, I think, uh, may end up falling um, as far as to 19 uh, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, to answer to the first part of, to the first part of your question, um, I don't, I, I can't say we are out of the business of having a bell cow style running back or a running back fall out of the first round. I think that for as long as we or uh, play this particular game, and we understand, and teams understand the the shelf life of of a bell cow type running back. I think there will always be a significant need, a significant reach, if you will, for running backs early on in drafts. Um, I think, honestly, again, based off of this mock that I'm currently looking at, um, and again, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. He's the first running back off the board. And that's all the way at 19. Um, so maybe, you know, if, if you look back two years ago, um, Najee fell as far as he fell. Um, and I think he was one of two running backs drafted in the first round that year. Um, so, um, again, I'm, I'm not going to say long were the days of a, of a bell car running back coming off the board high. Um, but I, I will say this, the fact that a guy of this talent um, averaging close to seven yards a pop um, as, as, as the guy in Texas, uh, Dijon Robinson, I, he, he, I think he's going to make a roster uh, team very, very happy. And, again, if he's able to fall all the way to Tampa Bay at, at 19, he's going to go past Detroit. He's going to go past Green Bay. He's going to go past um, the Jets, who I think are set. You know, Damian Pierce is in Houston. Um, it takes me time to look into move on from um, 
King Henry, he's been linked to a bunch of trade rumors, so he may be moved. The Eagles have a who's who in the backfield. They Miles Sanders just signed this offseason with the Chicago Bears. Uh, speaking of the Bears, <clears throat> they may need somebody there. The Atlanta Falcons are have a question mark. Um, the Vegas Raiders. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I can make the case. <laughs> I think you and I can make the case <laughs> for at least twenty some odd teams selecting this guy. And yet, according to the mock draft I'm looking at, and again, I'm sure if I, you know, went to another site, and, you know, CBS.com, whatever, can even look at that mock draft, they may have him going, you know, second overall, you know, to, you know, to, to the um, yeah. um, Houston Texans, if you will, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's crazy. So, um, I, I, I do think he falls. I just don't think he falls all the way to 19. I, I think somebody definitely comes up to get him, especially if, you know, the quarterbacks who we suspect to go one, two, or, you know, one, three, or whatever case may be actually going that particular order. Yeah, and, um, I mean, and another option that we haven't really thought about either um, is a twofold. One, the, there's – there's and I'm just going to segue into another topic, but, um, but the Arizona Cardinals, who dropped back from three – I know they have James Conner, but um, James Conner has a very long injury history and probably only has like two or three years and really isn't the talent that B. John Robinson is. So if if they move down for a haul, let's say to eight or 12, well, I, I guess they wouldn't move down to 12, but on to 8 or 14. Or if the Green Bay Packers really don't believe in Jordan Love and package their two first-round picks to move up to three, then they would also be in the mix. And the Houston Texans at 12 would also be in the mix. Um, I, get, I think yeah. that if, if, you were to, if you were to ask me to mock one right now, I... I don't see them dropping past 21. Um, I think cool. that with the uh, uh, 21 is the uh, the uh, San Diego Chargers with the whole situation with Austin Eckler um, demanding a trade. I'm sure that if if they were able to get Bijan at um, at 21 and were able to get any compensation at all for Austin Eckler. I think that they would happily make that move. Like, let's say you get a third out of Austin Eckler or a second, second or third off Austin Eckler. I think they would pull that trigger all day, every day. But I think that's going to be hard to find, too, because this is a ridiculously deep running back class, which is another reason why Bijan's falling so far. It's like, oh, hey, I can get Jamar uh, from. Right. From uh, from Alabama, I, I can get Jamar from Alabama in round two. Why am I spending my first round pick on Bijan? You know what I mean? It's so like this is like this is probably the worst situation for uh, for Bijan Robinson. But um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to think of that talent falling all the way to twenty one. That's the thing. Like um, I, again, I think it's I I I, I think honestly again. <laughs> I, I think teams can wait on on, on running back, but again, like I, I I hate the idea of saying you know what we can get them, you know, uh, running back in the second round. I mean, obviously the first round, you know, financial competition and draft competition and all that type of stuff comes into play. But you know, personally, and this is just me, I think Jamar's a better running back than. <laughs> Than 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 he is. Yeah. That, that's just me. Yeah, that, that that's just me. But at the end of the day, um, let's say for all of the purposes, you are the LA Chargers, okay? And you're sitting mm-hmm. there at 21, and you got two guys on your board. You really don't have to package much. To, you don't have to package anything. You just lay lay sit there and and go get them. Keep in mind the teams that are above you really do not quote unquote need 
of running backs. The Commanders drafted one last year, and Brian Robinson, they still have, you know, Gibson on their roster. The Green Bay Packers have a two-headed monster. The New England Patriots, well, I take that back. The Patriots may do something because they don't they only have Ramondre Stevenson right now because Harris is gone. You know what I'm saying? So they only have Ramondre Stevenson right now. The Jets are, are another question mark because their guy that they drafted last year is coming off an of ACL and PCL injury, so he, he may be an interesting, interesting little play there. I don't think the Texans get him because Damian Pierce, you know, kind of burst on the scene last year, so I think they're set. And again, I, I just went through the other, the other, the other team. So, if you're the LA Chargers sitting there at 21, you could potentially make a move and go and and and, and go, you know, get this guy if you want, or you can lay pat and pick another wide receiver. Keep in mind, Keenan Allen's up in the airs. You're always dealing with the injury, you know, to 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 to, to Williams. I mean, so. And I think, honestly, Jackson Smith and Jigba in Ohio State over there with with the L.A. Chargers will be nasty. <laughs> yeah, that what and that's that's the nasty. other that's the other part of the uh, this whole situation. It's like, hey, all these guys could use a running back, but they've also got other needs that have higher positional value than the um, than the than the running back positions. The only team that doesn't seems to be the Detroit Lions. Um, with the exception of who have two picks in the first round, eighteen and right. um, eighteen and six. So, um, which is why they're highly considered a a landing spot. You know, yeah, I, I see Detroit spending one of those picks on a running back, especially with the simple fact that uh, you know Williams is now in, in New Orleans with the Saints and DeAndre Swift. Every time he gets out of the shower, he's out for four weeks. So it's, it's, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible, yeah. man. <laughs> Call the numbers 929-477-2759. Lots of here at Sports City, Sirius, and Greenwood in the building. Uh, you have some more stuff you wanted to talk about, so I wanted to let you get some of that off your chest, and then I'm going to really start throwing some stuff on. Oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, So – we haven't talked about it, at least not on this show, at least as far as I know, and that's the Jalen Carter situation. Jalen Carter, um, for for right up until the Chicago Bears was uh, or traded out of the number one overall pick, was considered the most likely to be number one overall, and is uh, at least at the beginning of the process considered the top prospect in this draft. Comes the combine. He has this legal situation where he um, he ends up with a misdemeanor charge for racing that leads to the death of two teammates. Then comes his combine, where he is uh, where he was unable to complete drills from being winded. So he didn't even do like the. 40-yard dash, bench press, all these other, like, um, measurable things before he went out and did his um, did his set at his pro day. This is things that are – these are things that are completely scripted, and he had the opportunity to script things to make him look as good as humanly possible, and he had to cut it off early because he, um, he, pulled, he pulled up uh, – he pulled a muscle – and ran out of breath. As of right now, the range for him has dropped from one and three all the way down to six to ten. And it could be a lot worse than that, depending on how thing how the league perceives this issue. What is your take on the Jalen Carter situation and exactly how far does he fall? So, for me, um, first and foremost, it's unfortunate that the situation took place. Um, let, let, let me preface this by saying that, you know, any loss of life, any injury, that's something that this young man's going to live with for the rest of his life. And so, with that being said, it started coming to light and he had to now, as a young man, start to face questions and scrutiny and things of that nature 
um, on the biggest job interview of his life. So the fact that he did not show well at the Combine um, is understandable. However, I will say this, um, and then I'll, I'll give my synopsis. The Combine is simply, you know, an opportunity for, for guys to show themselves um, but it doesn't necessarily give you guys a full picture on how good or how bad a, a, a guy could be. Uh, we've all seen guys that blow up in combines. You put the helmets on and throw them at stadium on Sunday, and he cracks the bed and, and you know, put it, flip it on the chair. You saw a guy, you see guys that, you know, stink at the combine. You put them in a stadium on Sunday night football, and they're scoring three touchdowns, jumping on poles and, you know, twerking in the end zone all the damn time. I will say that, you know, combine success or fair does not make make a player. Um, but the thing is you can't turn on the tape um, of Georgia the past couple of years and not see this guy splash um, and make big-time plays for you from that defensive front. Um, and the mock draft that I saw, to be painfully honest with you, again, I'm on ESPN.com, um, has been falling all the way to 18 to Detroit. And I'm going to say this, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep it a buck with you. I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. The Steelers pick at 17. <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan. If we pass on Jalen Carter at 17, I'm not sure where you're physically sitting at, Mr. Greenwood, but you're going to be hearing me screaming from where you're sitting at because <laughs> I will be one pissed-off dude. And, again, I'm going to work the fans as the saying, I want Joey Porter Jr. I'm going to work the saying, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Cool. I'm with it. I'm going to work the say that if we don't get either one of those and we get Deontay Banks out of Maryland, a guy who I met shook his hand, dapped him up. I've seen him. I've seen him all last year at the Maryland games. Brothers, a, he, he's a beast. I would love to have him on, on, in black and gold. But if we pass on Jalen Carter because of you know this this off the field. Now here's the thing. His his hasn't been discussed. Okay, I've listened to several people talk about the situation and everything like that. As of right now, okay, he. Has been told to do community service. He's to a year of probation. He's had to pay, I believe it was a thousand dollar fine, keep the peace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So essentially, he's getting a crash course firsthand on the okay, you effed up. This is the consequences of your actions. You know what I'm saying? Do well. Make amends to your community service. Apologize who you need to apologize to. Go out and make something of yourself. Do not allow this situation to, to, to derail you and cause you to start down a path of where you become a malcontent and, and a menace to society. Up until this particular point, you know, uh, up until the, the Bulldog won the national championship and everything like that, you haven't heard jack crap about him being a problem off the field. You said it in your in in, 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 in your brief interview there. He was projected to be a top three, let alone top five draft selection in this upcoming draft. There was going to be no question marks about it. He was going right after C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. No, no question about it. But now due to the situation that he found himself in, that he found himself in, his stock has dropped. I, I guess if he if if he's sitting there at at, at, at at my pick, and we do not draft this guy, so help me God. Now I will say this: you know, me and my dad go me, me and my dad go back and forth. I have been significantly wrong the past three years, okay? Because I wanted one guy, we get somebody else, and somebody else ends up popping. The one guy that I, I wanted that my dad didn't want was Najee Harris. That's the one guy that we ended up getting that my dad didn't want. I want to Reuben Foster. We got T.J. Watt. We see how that played out. I, I, I wanted Eddie Lacy. I wanted Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, we ended up picking up Le'Veon Bell. We saw how that played out. 
I didn't even care who Antonio Brown was. I wanted somebody else, and we saw how that played out. So my 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 my, my dad and I have gone back and forth about this for, for a significant amount of years. With that being said, if Jalen Carter is sitting there at 17, and we don't draft him, I'm being pissed. <laughs> and, um. If uh, but if he does fall at eighteen to Detroit, I'm gonna be the happiest no longer Lion fan ever. <laughs> well, because they would have been they would have gotten a running back, you know, with the earlier pick. Um, mm-hmm. and then yeah, because they, they they pick six. They're, they're, they're yeah, they pick six. Yep. Then you know came back and <laughs> Jason Carter fell to still got Jalen out of here. <laughs> But um, but yeah, no. Um, my my take on the Carter thing is, um, with the one year probation thing, um, what teams are going to have to commit to because like this one year probation means he can't get caught speeding down the Northway, like all these other like little tiki tack things will end up you losing a first round pick. So they're gonna have to give him the um the Michael Irvin treatment and you know, hire him a babysitter for his first twelve months in the NFL. You're like you're gonna have to submit to having this guy follow you around and babysit you if we're gonna draft you at all. And I know that some teams yeah. do not want to do that, but and and that is I'm not saying that Jalen Carter is a bad kid or anything, but the risk right. is too high to, especially you know, with with um with the history to to allow that to happen. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, honestly, I don't see him falling past ten. Like ten is his absolute positive floor for me. If he's if he ends up in so the last with the Philadelphia Eagles at ten, I don't shit. I don't that see them. Pa- I don't I don't see them passing. That would be that's kind of my, my year, take on that. Last year they picked up Jordan Davis, so that would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be a mean rotation. And, and then they still have Fletcher Cox um, next to him. Right, right. Well, Justin Hargrave, who? What? No, man. That's, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Bye, Justin. How are we going to ever replace you? Ha, 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 ha. Right. You know, but, um, <laughs> um, so, so if if, if, if you question, would, I would like to. Let me ask you this question. Sure. Oh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question on on on, on um, Carter, and then we we can we can pivot. How high do you think he ends up going? I mean, I know this is all mocking, this is all you know projection, and you know whatever. But do you still mm-hmm. see somebody like Seattle picking him up at at five, or the Vegas Raiders, which would probably be the worst landing spot for him, at, at, at seven, or do you do you? See him literally fall. No, uh, for, for my personal opinion is it's five or six for me. Um, like if if you if you want to actually mock where he's going, I would hit at five or six. Um, with a like because I think that if if the uh, Arizona Cardinals stick at three, or if they trade out one spot with the Colts for, uh, to go from three to four, I think that Will Anderson is the pick. Um, which before the situation, I would have easily, easily, easily picked Jalen Carter over just based off of tape and everything. I would have picked Jalen Carter over um, <clears throat> Will Anderson, but um, this whole situation has probably made that risk a little too real for the Arizona Cardinals. So, um, so I think he drops to the next available team, which would either be the um, – Seattle Seahawks at five, or the Detroit Lions at six. I I don't see him falling falling much past Detroit. I mean, I guess Detroit could have their eyes on Kalaji Kansi instead. There's been a lot of talk that that is their um their actual um coveted de- uh, defensive tackle, which he's also mocked up all across the board. Um, usually eighteen. Detroit, but um, yeah, these are. But honestly, 
I could also see the Philadelphia Eagles going for that as a, an eventual replacement for for um, uh, Fletcher Cox. So yeah. because that that being he's on a one year deal. So right, right. and the so, one so, thing so that right, they the, the, right so that one um so and the one thing that the Philadelphia Eagles love to do and I've noticed this um since the newest regime came in is they like to take care of next year's needs this year. They have, they have, they usually by the time the draft starts, they have everything pretty much set up as far as their major need positions. Right now, I think the only major need they have left standing is, um, is the wide receiver position, like as a number three, but you can get a number three wide receiver at 30, you can get a number three wide receiver in round two. So there's there's plenty of space. But when you take a look at next year's needs, defensive tackle, center, these are the guys they brought back on one-year Super Bowl or bust deals. Um, so that that's where I see and, – and I think safety is in the mix. But they did draft somebody last year, I believe, um, to – that is poised to take that um, that Garner Johnson position. So I, I could easily see defensive tackle at ten as well. Yeah. It, well, I mean, with the Eagles here, like again, this is all conjecture. The mock I have them uh, looking at right now, I got them drafting Roger Jones, the guy from Georgia. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, awesome. Eagles, man. I mean, they have a lot. They, they have a lot of wiggle room. Um, call the numbers nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Um, I'm just go ahead and switch gears here for for a second, and then I know you had some other questions and other things you want to talk about. Um, but I wanted to kind of segue into the quarterback carousel that we find ourselves in. Uh, as it pertains to Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, and, and alike, um, even uh, some other quarterbacks that have been that have been mentioned. Um, yesterday, it came out that Lamar Jackson officially, um, quote unquote, requested his, his his release and his trade, if you will, from the Baltimore Ravens. Um, John Harbaugh was at the owners' meetings, and he said that. Um, you know, he's looking forward to Lamar Jackson being their quarterback and them playing meaningful football games and and in Baltimore. Um, we talked about it offline. How do you foresee this thing playing out, honestly? Like, there has been a lot of what if, there's been a lot of people with good Photoshop skills having Lamar Jackson on, on different ball clubs. But for all intents and purposes, Greenwood, I do not foresee how Lamar Jackson is playing for anybody else but the Baltimore Ravens, unless unless he's moved, you know, on draft day. Let's say the Indianapolis Colts, you know, swing and miss on, on getting the guy that they want, um, you know, there at. at at four, you know, uh, I could see something like that particularly happening. The Atlanta Falcons have quote unquote made a commitment to to, to Ritter being their guy, but they sit there at eight, um, and and they potentially can do something as far as moving them. Not to mention, um, you know, we spoke about this offline, the, the cap space that's going to be needed, um, and the financial compensation that's going to be needed to to, to sign a guy like Lamar Jackson long-term, but how do you see this playing out? So there are three scenarios that I, in the way that I see this playing out. Well, actually there's only really two. And, and well, I guess the third one would be that he returns for returns to the Ravens and just sits out until week 10 and then sits on the bench for eight weeks he could do the the Le'Veon Bell thing, hold out for the exact until they make the decision to trade him. Um, doing that means that more Ravens will not trade him. That's exactly what that means. 
Um, but what I think is a really interesting scenario to think about, um, technically, by the league's rules, after the draft, teams will still have the ability to go out and sign um, sign Lamar Jackson for those two first-round picks. When you look at it from a bigger perspective, all the teams that have needs at the quarterback position are picking early. I mean, that's just the, the nature of the game. So they're picking early. They don't want to get, like, the Indianapolis Colts would not want to give up number four and the 2024 first-round pick, whatever that may end up being. If they were able to pick at four, let's say they chose somebody else. Let's say um, they didn't like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis and said, you know what, we'll pick, we'll grab somebody else up here, like maybe a Will Anderson, if he, if um, if that if that seems to work out that way, and then we'll turn around, we'll offer Lamar the money. We'll offer him the bag, and then we trade him. We trade instead because, let's put it this way, the Indianapolis Colts with Lamar Jackson is probably a playoff team. I think that's I think that's bare minimum when we're talking about the AFC South. So they go out there. They offer him the bag. He comes in. They make the playoffs. Now it's a much more palatable 16th pick. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to round four, so a 2025, 16 overall, or or whatever, or you know, 18, whatever playoff positioning they end up getting, and then the 2026 first round pick. That's a lot more palatable for teams to look for as opposed to a guaranteed top four pick. Um, the other problem is with that though is that Lamar Jackson is. Um, coming off from an injury, so that's right. the that's the other part of the situation. It's not just they don't want to give up the compensation for Lamar. They don't want to give up compensation for a guy that's just coming off of a um, off of an injury that directly affects his style of play. So, um, but the other scenario could be that. Um, <clears throat> There's nothing precluding the Baltimore Ravens from actively trading him while he's on the franchise tag, as far as I know. Um, it, or they could sign him to a contract, like a a very team-friendly, cap-friendly contract, so there's no dead money involved, and trade him for um, for like a first-round pick and change, so that the compensations um, the compensation meets up. But nobody, nobody is going to do what the Cleveland Browns did for Deshaun Watson. Nobody. Right. Nobody's going to hand him a bag and give up two first-round picks. Or the so like the the, the what the Browns did was with the this is pretty typical of the Browns and bad franchises is they they make crazy bad moves. Like remember when the Jacksonville Jaguars reset the market at the wide receiver position. It's right. It's very, it's very, very similar to that. Like, and now teams are really putting their foot down saying, just because the Cleveland Browns were dumb enough to do that for Deshaun does not mean we're going to do that for you. And, and they're, they're holding to that point. But right now, and I, and, and all the problem is all the leverage is against the Baltimore Ravens. He has demanded yeah. a trade. He's probably not going to um he's probably not going to play for the Ravens if they if they do end up keeping him around. So now teams are gonna know that and offer less than. So well, see, I think the most likely scenario is, is that he held out, to be honest. Well, see, here's the funny thing about that is, and again, I I I, I kind of agree with you, um, but I wanted to add a little more color to it, if you will. Lamar Jackson, since his MVP season, his QBR and his 
completion percentage and everything has significantly decreased. The last two years, he's ended the season uh, on IR and has missed less, uh, missed about a quarter uh, of his game that he's been <laughs> eligible to play. So I, I said this on, 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 on the uh, Gumbo show last Thursday with what was Chandler and Mr. Harvey. I do believe that Lamar Jackson deserves to be paid. I also believe that the lowball offer that the Baltimore Ravens gave him was disrespectful. There's there's no ifs, ands, or bones about it. However, with that being said, two things can can be true, okay? Lamar Jackson can definitely be worth a payday. However, the way that teams are approaching this and the way that teams are are hesitant to give Lamar Jackson that payday is also correct and true because of all the different factors that – are at play regarding how he plays and how he has been heard in this, that, and the third. So I, I, I think, honestly, we're, 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 at a big, we're at a big stalemate here because I don't believe that teams are going to give up what they need to give up to go and get him plus sign him. And I, I, I'd be shocked if he plays another down in Baltimore. You know, so I think, honestly – He'll probably sit out, um, and then he'll report to get the accrued season, and then I think he'll peace out, you know, try to peace out next year. I mean, the Baltimore Raiders can tag him again if they want to be total, total jerks about the situation. But at the end of the day, I, I, I think the way that – the Baltimore Ravens have handled the situation have been significantly wrong. You know, you don't sit there and, and thumb your nose at, at, at a guy who is of a particular caliber by shooting him a low ball offer. You know, I, I, I said this last Thursday, we don't know what Lamar Jackson actually wants. Like, we're all, we, we are all sitting here, you know, thinking he wants the, the 230 Deshaun Watson you know, type deal. I mean, who who doesn't? You know, I I, I think that I, I think that he you know is due a payday. Well, he has he hasn't given us a number. He hasn't given us anything that um, you know to hang our hats on to say, okay, the Baltimore Ravens can get get to this number, then he'll say. So we're all sitting here speculating that, he, that, that that's the money that he wants. All, all all we know is that he deserves to be paid. Um, and we got people like Aaron Rodgers who make a significant amount of money per year. We got Deshaun Watson whose, um, you know, contract kicks in this year. We got um, some other quarterbacks that are, are making significant money. Kyler Murray is making forty-five mil a year. Aaron Rodgers making fifty mil a year. Deshaun Watson. Um, his contract is in. Russell Wilson is making forty nine a mil. Patrick Mahomes is making forty five mil. Josh Allen is making forty three mil a year. This is all uh, stats all over at over the cap. Uh, where I'm pulling this information from, and people want to you know double check it out or whatever. So at the end of the day, like I I I, I think if he got above the Matthew Stafford, um, who's making. Matthew Stafford right now is making forty forty million dollars a year with a, with a total contract value of one hundred fifty million. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think that may do it. And the thing is, like, I think the guaranteed I, the guaranteed money is I, I I think honestly where the the issue is he wants the guaranteed money. Yeah, and that 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 was exactly what I was going to say. Is he's looking for that entire contract to be guaranteed, which is another sticking point for teams that just watched him um, miss a quarter of his games with with injury and with a guy whose biggest selling point is his ability to scramble, run on the move, all of that other stuff. Um, right. I'm not saying he can't be a packet passer if his legs give out on him, but that's even a scarier proposition. Um, 
So that 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 makes that would make I know if I was a general manager I'd be very trepidatious on offering a full guaranteed contact contract if um if I had no recourse for injury. Right. So Right. I like I said I think honestly at the end of the day and again this is just me just just keeping it a whole a whole hundred with everybody. I think honestly if the Baltimore Ravens wanted to get it done they know what butt they have to pull. They know what they have to do in order, in order to get it done. I just don't think that the Baltimore Ravens value Lamar Jackson like he wants, well, like he wishes him to. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I just, I just don't think they value him like, like they should. Um, and so this is this is gonna get messy. Um, I'm here for all. The, the pie throwing and everything that's going to happen because at the end of the day, um, Lamar Jackson, you know, deserves to be paid, and the Baltimore Ravens uh, crap the bet, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Call the numbers down to now four seven seven two seven five nine. Um, I I I I, I want to talk Aaron Rodgers, but I, I'm I'm kind of sick on talk about Aaron Rodgers, but I know that's a part of your little your your. Your dish that you brought, so I'll let you set your thing off real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. Sure. Um, so the Aaron Rodgers, most people, myself included, expected the Aaron Rodgers saga to end on the Pat McAfee show three weeks ago. It's um, it's incredibly strange and bizarre that nothing has happened yet. Um, right now the Talk around um, the rumor mill is that um, is that there is they are too far apart in compensation, and the Jets said uh, the Jets general manager has said, "quote We're not even close." So the question is, what do you think is fair compensation for Aaron Rodgers right now, knowing that he has? Very much threatened to retire two years in a row, and he's reaching his forty-year-old season. They're looking to cash in on Aaron Rodgers like it's three years ago, I think, and the um, the uh, the New York Jets are looking at this as a one-year rental at best. So, where, where do you find fair compensation for the Aaron Rodgers saga? You know, honestly, I will give. As, as I'm the New York Jets, I'm not. I'm not even looking at my first round draft pick. I would give a two. Um, I, I I would throw a combo of, of a two four, um, something like that, or a two a two this year, a two next year, something like that. Um, as conversation, I, I I think the New York Jets are not New York Jets, but I think the Green Bay Packers are kidding themselves. Um, although I do think they're in the driver's seat, if you will, because um, at the end of the day, the Green Bay Packers, you know, shoot or shoot. You know, what I'm saying we we you say that in basketball, we say that in personal life when you know you're trying to get you know get get the girl or whatever because they need a shoot or shoot. And so I can't be mad at the Green Bay Packers for trying to finesse this deal. I am even more excited that the New York Jets told the Jets to go pound sand. Now, the Packers to go pound sand. Now, with that being said, I think the Packers are kind of in the driver's seat, if you will, because mentally, physically, whatever, they have moved on from Aaron Rodgers. So if Aaron Rodgers does not get dealt, they are still going to play Jordan Love, regardless. And that leaves the 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 Jets turning to back to Zach Wilson, a, a guy who's a essentially kicked to the curb. So I think at the end of the day, the fact that Aaron Rodgers actually came out and said, I want to play with the New York Jets. 
he pumps his chest and said that on, on the McAfee show and, and whatever the case may be. And the New York Jets have gone out and gotten all the all all his buddies and, you know, this, that, and the third. I think the fact that that is verbalized, that is out, I think that gives the Green Bay Packers a little more leverage um, to say, hey, give me what we want or he's either going to retire and you're not going to get him or he's going to stay here in our building and you're not going to get him. And if he retires, we own his rights anyway. So he can't retire, sit out a year, or sit out for a couple, you know, 40 days Tom Brady style and come back and then trade and get traded. You know, so I think, honestly, the Packers have the upper hand here. But I, I, I think if I'm if, – if everybody's, you know – being a gentleman and, you know, understanding the situation, I, I, I think a second this year and, you know, a second or a third next year should be enough to get it done. Um, I, I agree with compensation, but I disagree with the first part because there is a matter of $60 million in cap space that right now is being eaten by Aaron Rodgers and would turn into – an additional $60 million cap hit if he were to retire. Because I believe, and I, and this is something I'm not 100% sure on, so we have to double-check the, the particulars in that, um, that if he retires, it's just like getting cut. It's pretty much your signing bonus all jumps into this year's um, this year's uh, this year's cap number, which would drop the, um, which would drop the Green Bay Packers to a ninety-nine point seven million dollar dead cap hit for this year. It would make things amazing for next year, but they would have to find a way to come up with that scratch this year if he were to retire, unless they unless they did some contract, unless there's something in the contract that says, hey, if you retire you forego this much money or whatever. But um, right. I, I don't know the particulars of it, but um, that's where – and if you've already mentally checked out, this is a piece that you don't need or want anyway. So – and but if they do trade him, if, if that trade happens um, – it now the dead money goes from ninety million dollars to forty, so it becomes a lot more palatable to right. um to to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Plus, you get the draft compensation on top of it. So it's it's the um it's the the cap space issue that um that I think really makes the Jets a um in the driver's seat, but they might be dragging their feet till June 1st. Dragging their feet yeah, till June 1st. I, I, I thought something about that, too. Um, they could just be, yeah, they could be thinking June 1st is the time, and there's, um, there's a lot of reasons to wait for June 1st. One, the draft will be over, and um, there is talks of some real blue-chip quarterbacks coming in Next year, so if your love does suck, then the Packers will be in position to um, to either move up if that's possible, or in case you know the team that does have another one is like the Chicago Bears with a quarterback and nothing else, or they could suck just enough to hit one of those top two spaces and um, and get one of those blue chip guys coming in next year. So. And and also there's an extra fifteen million dollars in cap clearance, which they could theoretically go out and sign Lamar Jackson if they wanted to. Right. So, which is all, which is also something that again we said this on his on this network, and you know, I think that that would be better for the Jets long term, but you know they they want the quick and easy fix and get Aaron Rodgers. So. But the thing right. is, like again, you have to give up the first round draft picks and go get him based off of the tags that the Ravens slapped on him, which 
That's again. That, right. That, that's honestly why I think. That's honestly why I think that divorce there is going to be messy as crap. Because again, I, and in order for teams to even discuss, you know, the potential of of acquiring Lamar Jackson, you got to really come to grips with the fact that you're going to have to give up um, a first round draft pick and you know, and pay the guy who, once again these question marks surrounding his availability. I'm not even talking X's and O's and stuff that he does on the field, but the brother can't seem to stay healthy these past two years, and now he's trying to come ask for a bag I'm, of, 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 of that particular, of that magnitude. It, 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 it's baffling. Yeah. But with that being said, you know, when we have reached the end of the show, my man, thanks for coming through and rocking with your man. Get out of here. All right. Um, com. Check out the interviews, the blogs of chefs. Um, check out the Sports City Chefs YouTube channel. Sirius has been doing work on that all football season long, and I'm assuming somebody's been uploading stuff recently, but I can't tell you what it is. Till then, take you guys later. Peace. Thanks so much, Green One Man. Um, it's your boy, Serge, up in that 412 and the 703, man. It's such a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you guys on another edition of the, of the NFL Front Office Show. Lord willing, we'll be back in the building, um, if not tomorrow, definitely on Thursday with with uh, Chandler and Mr. Harvey with the Gumbo Show. With that being said, man, TP always says, tell us and tell us friends to shut again. And if they don't know, man, now we know, man, we out. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs. Kaboom! Sports city chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in. We on the set again. Sports city, sports city, chef, you, chef, you. Sports city, sports city, chef, you, chef, you. Yeah. Cabby. Todd. <laughs> Woo. Connecticut. Uh. <laughs>